0: This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions and conclusions. Please talk to your healthcare team regarding your specific situation. Hello, welcome to the Speak Guido podcast. My name is Nee Gutenfelder, and joining us today is Carol Lacey from Northern California. Thank you so much, Carol, for agreeing to do this
1: absolutely me i'm so excited to be a part of your show this is great
0: to give you a little bit of a background carol is an eight-year cervical cancer survivor and i was initially introduced to carol a couple of years ago through a mutual friend at that time i had just gotten out of the hospital with my after my colostomy surgery and felt like there was a huge learning curve ahead of me and it was such a relief to connect with carol carol tell us from the beginning how did you find out you had cancer and tell us about your journey So
1: I had been diagnosed with HPV in 2009, so I was going back to my physician every six months. She was checking me out. Everything was fine. 2011, I had realized it had been just about a year, just a little over a year since I had had my appointment. And I thought I was having premenopausal symptoms because the women in my family had gone through menopause in their mid to late 40s, and I was 46. So I went to a new gynecologist, and at that point, while I was in the stirrup, she said she saw something. That's she never saw good never good never good when they can see something with the naked (laughs) eye so you know unfortunately I got a call back from her and this was right before the memorial weekend because I remember it was that Friday and she told me yes that I had cervical cancer so and you know when you are given that diagnosis the world just sort of stops and you freeze and time just sort of stands still and you're listening I'm listening to her standing there at word but I'm not sure I even remember one thing she said after I had cancer uh, I immediately met with a kind of a gynecological oncologist and they with me was my partner my husband who was not my husband yet and we were both facing this together so I had pre-surgery chemotherapy to shrink the tumor I had a radical hysterectomy and during that surgery where they took out 15 lymph nodes one of those became cancerous so I did some post-surgery chemotherapy and then about 28 rounds of radiation again those war analogies that so many people use you know a battle you know I was fighting for my life I really resonated with me. I definitely felt like this was war against my body. And then 10 months later, after that, through a scan, we saw that the tumor came back. And um, I was being faced with a very unfamiliar surgery called a pelvic extranation, which basically removes everything below my belt, bladder, colon, um, in my case, the remainder of my vagina. And it leaves, I now live with what's called a urostomy and a colostomy. So the urostomy is there to do the things that my bladder would normally do. So I have what looks like little nipples on my abdomen area where my waist comes out. And I have bags attached to those little nipples <laughs> to hold on my waist. And that's what an ostomy is, a uroostomy And then a coostomy would be where your poop is, and your is where your pee is. Even after that surgery, I went through one more reoccurrence and went through a clinical trial, which wasn't personally successful for me, but I was really glad that I participated in it. And then we went through another regimen of carboplatin and Avastin, and that was three years ago, which was my last chemo, and I Yay. am now... Yay! (laughs) In remission for three years. So, you know, for the first five years of this eight uh, year journey, I was, like I said, pretty much a fight. So, yay for being in remission. Yay, yay, yay. Love it. Love it. Love Mm -hmm, hearing
0: that. Me too. Do you find that you're able to do most of the things that you like doing before cancer, before the ostomy versus today?
1: Yeah, I am. I still do what I did before. My husband and I are are pretty avid hikers you know we live again in northern california so we're surrounded by beautiful mountains so we hike i swim i hot tub we go wow. camping <laughs> You know, we do everything we did before. Nothing has stopped me. Cancer has not stopped me, and ostomies certainly have not stopped me. Okay, the one thing I don't do is I don't wear white pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't think that's a good idea, just in general. (laughs) I am with you.
1: (laughs) Exactly, <laughs> but that's it. Everything else is, is still all the same, still the still same activities. And again, when, you know, going through chemotherapy treatments and, you know, at, at that point in my life, it, I slowed down a little because that's pretty hard on your body. I think that was the biggest struggle for me were really the treatments and not so much you know the surgeries were easy because there was a recovery and you saw an end to your recovery where it just felt like sometimes on chemotherapy what you were going through was destroying your body more than the cancer was you know or or felt at times you know
0: could you share with us are there any lifelong side effects from the chemotherapy well
1: for me I do still live with lymphedema which was from the radiation and not not severely, thankfully. It really flares up more when I travel by plane, but it is very manageable. I feel very thankful and grateful that I don't have too bad of side effects, but so many of my survivor sisters, as well as other cancer patients I know who have gone through radiation and chemotherapy do live with uh, lifelong side effects that can be quite debilitating.
0: Absolutely. Is there a message that you would like to convey to all those survivors out there?
1: Absolutely. Even, you know, whether it's cervical cancer or whatever cancer, you know you're not alone. I think that's the biggest message is that there are people, there are organizations, there are groups, there are friends that are there for you. So you don't have to face this alone.
0: And what message do you want to that the for the general public to know?
1: So for definitely for all the women out there and for the men out there with special women in their lives, you know, make sure that you are listening to your body. If that's something feels wrong, uh, if it's just not feeling right, you know, make sure that you're getting in to see your doctor annually. Make sure that you are up on your cancer screenings, you know, you're having your PAP and your HPV tests, that you're getting your breast screenings, you know, all those are so, so very important. If you have children that are between the ages of 9 you know, and 15, make sure that they have the HPV vaccine for their cancer prevention, and we want to save lives. We want to prevent this cancer, so the HPV vaccine is a huge part of preventing that, so if you're a grandparent with grandchildren, if you're a parent with children, please make sure you Talk to your doctors about that vaccine.
0: And as far as I'm aware, the HPV vaccine is the only anti-cancer vaccine that is available out there.
1: Yes, it is. And, you know, not only will it prevent cervical cancer, but vaginal cancer, vulva, penile cancer in men, anal cancer in both men and women, and oral pharyngeal, which is the back and throat cancers. So these are cancers that affect men as well as women. So that vaccine will prevent, you know, all of those cancers. So boys and girls should be getting that vaccine.
0: So Carol, throughout your journey and what you've learned, are there misconceptions about cervical cancer that you could share with us? Well, I
1: definitely think there's a misconception about HPV and the connection to cervical cancer. There's a lot of stigma involved with HPV because it is a, se- a sexually transmitted infection. And I think it's hard for a lot of my survivor sisters struggled with thinking that, did they do something wrong? There was there's just can be a lot of stigma and a lot of people have a hard time just talking about anything below our belt. So of course, cervical cancer is one that can be very hard for people to talk about. But when you get the knowledge that, you know, HPV is almost everybody and at some point in your lifetime is going to have HPV, the infection usually works itself out for most people. But if the majority of the population is exposed to HPV, then there shouldn't be any stigma with it. Right. uh, I have heard that it is as common as the common cold it is it's like eight out of ten adults will have had hpv at some point it is so common it's so common and to think that people are having a hard time accepting it or talking about it is is hard because i i didn't personally experience that because it was a conversation that was very easy for me to have it was easy for me to have with my friends but i know that there's a huge amount of stigma that can be attached to it unfortunately right but the like, more you know the better you know informed you are I and mean, then we destigmatize it the more we talk about it
0: exactly and i think talking right. about it just helps those who are going through it uh-huh. it helps with educating the public because there is this shame embarrassment associated yeah. with it
1: yeah but i have met so many mi- women you know through survivor the organization that um, I am a part of that. You know, we all come from different walks of life. Women in their late twenties, early thirties, you know, all the way into their sixties, being diagnosed with HPV and cervical cancer. And you know, we're your next door neighbors. We're your aunts and uncles. We're daughters and mothers. We're it, it doesn't discriminate, right? Cancer doesn't discriminate. So neither does something like HPV.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd love to hear more about your advocacy work with Survivor. How did you find out about it and and get involved with the organization?
1: Oh, well, gosh. So it must have been almost three years ago now. I was just, you know, reading a uh, it was a it was January and it was an article. The American Cancer Society has an online newsletter. And I was reading about this woman named Tamika Felder. And her organization survivor and that's c-e-r-v-i-v-o-r and mm-hmm. i thought oh my gosh i had yet to even meet another cervical cancer survivor at this point in my my cancer journey and to know that there was this whole organization of you know cervical cancer survivors i thought oh my gosh so i immediately went to their website survivor.org and i just kept reading and on the website there were just stories of women just like me, you know, similar diagnosis, just, you know, kind of similar stories. And I mean, I was just reading story after story and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I finally felt like I found someone that I could connect with and have these conversations with. So I had reached out, I had shared my story, posted my story on the website. From then on, (laughs) I went to their Survivor School, which was an amazing event where I got to meet a lot of these women that I had connected with online because Survivor is very much an online community. We have Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, and so all these women that I was meeting online and, you know, sharing stories and, hey, what? Did you, how did you feel when you went through this and blah, blah, blah. I, you know, got to meet a lot of them in person at Survivor School and those friendships develop. It was the first time that I got to learn about deeper about HPV, its connection to cervical cancer and how we as, you know, empowered patient advocates can take that message to our communities about cancer prevention and how to take care of ourselves and our families.
0: That is so important. And I I really appreciate the work that you do. I'm actually part of the Survivor Facebook page. And there is a lot of value. It's a private Facebook page where we can ask questions. And there's this whole community of women. Like you said, there is
1: yeah and you can ask any question and you don't feel like you're being judged or that someone's going to think oh my gosh that was you know there, there's no there's no judgment there's no there's just everybody has been there and right. you know that's a wonderful feeling and I'm so glad that you are part of that community too it's
0: definitely a very very safe space yes lastly we'll finish up with this, Carol. So there is a mantra that you live by. Could you share with us what it is and where did it come from?
1: Oh, absolutely. So my mantra, my hashtag is more sunny days. I spent a lot of time with my great aunt Anna growing up and you know she was just this fabulous she was my fashion icon beauty icon She was a wonderful <laughs> wonderful person but it was always funny every time I would ask her her age she would always say honey I stopped counting the years and I only count my sunny days so you know living with cancer uses you know it's all about counting your sunny days so when I went into surgery for my pelvic extramation surgery. I kept hearing that, I kept hearing her voice, more sunny days, more sunny days. And so it just became my daily mantra. Every day I got up and said, I want more sunny days. And so I love it so much that it's tattooed on my arm as a <laughs> reminder to me on those hard days. I just look down and it's like, more sunny days. And you know, the sunny day doesn't have to literally be a sunny day. It can be gloomy, but it's that spirit inside of you, right? That desire.
0: To yes, just... the mindset. And it's just yeah. something that keeps you going. I, I absolutely love it.
1: Thank you. It's I love a- it too. <laughs> yeah. It was it's the first time
0: I had heard about it was from you, and I was like, oh, that is, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs>
1: it's simple, right? I'm a simple girl. It's a simple (laughs) saying, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Carol, it is truly an honor to know you and to hear your amazing story. Thank you so much again for your time.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure and I admire you for this work that you're doing and these conversations that you're having. I can't wait to listen to them all. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you all for listening. To find out more information, please go to our website, speakgyno.org. And as always, may we empower you, inspire you, and spark conversations.